Hey, Feral Audio consumer, did you know Feral Audio's got a new survey? Hey, I am a Feral Audio consumer, even though you're not talking about that, and I didn't know that. I am talking about that. Man, we're on a mission to get to know our listeners a little better, and that means you. So basically, these surveys, they kind of help us get information about what you like, right? I guess so. Your participation in these surveys it, uh, makes a difference for everyone making podcasts at Feral. It's a super easy way to support the shows you love. Um, so we appreciate you helping out. I mean, I'll say I don't, I, I, but that's just me. I don't like the idea of, uh, I mean, I, I, I don't mind the idea of a survey. Right. Please feel free to let someone at Farrell know that you wish I lost weight. I, you can seriously in advance go fuck yourself. Not, I don't think these are the survey questions. Okay. No, no I, I imagine it's more like, who are you? Like, like what if we find out that there's like, you know, a bunch of asexual listeners, you know, and right. that, and that the, they in particular don't have, uh, uh, they don't feel feel like they have a their point of view represented like the great thing about podcasting networks is like it's very low overhead to create a podcast so this survey is a great first step to to, to help us build a better feral audio that that includes like if representation is your jam or it just like your interests you know are you, right uh, are you into football would you never for instance ever buy a football app if it was advertised to you, is that not helpful to you? Right, right. We can we can tailor make connections between audiences and, right. and, and, and the advertising. This survey is going to exactly help out those kinds of issues because we don't know you don't like football. Um, you can find the survey at feralaudio.com slash survey. That's feralaudio.com slash survey. You're helping yourselves. The Feral Audio, the Feral Audio survey. You'll float too. <laughs> today's episode is brought to you by last rampage the new true crime film starring robert patrick heather graham and bruce davison and we had the pleasure of speaking to someone involved with the movie so uh, my name is alvaro rodriguez i'm the screenwriter for the last rampage as a writer to me I'm less interested in genre and more interested in character. And, you know, I've written in a lot of different genres, you know, um, you know kind of horror genre, thriller, or action movie, or kids movie, or, you know, different kinds of things. And it was always more, I was always more interested in character and hadn't really quite done something like this before, but was just uh, really drawn to this idea of, um, of a guy like Gary Tyson who, you know, had been in and out of institutions from the time he was, you know, a kid um, and uh, and having sort of raised three sons from behind bars uh, and how these three sons kind of grew up in the church of Gary and thinking that their father had been, you know, unjustly accused and unjustly convicted and all of this stuff that they were getting fed um, from their mom, Dorothy, who's played in the film by Heather Graham. So to me, it was just, I was interested in telling that kind of a story, telling a family story. You know, to me, the most interesting stories are family-centered in, in some way. You know, they're elemental stories. They're stories that um, go back to, you know, to the most intimate and elemental parts of ourselves. So the idea of fathers and sons, you know, there's a line in the script about, in the movie about that, um, you know, where Gary tells his oldest son, you know, Donnie, there's only one law you got to worry about, you know, and that's a law of fathers over sons. And the only way you're going to, you know, 
get past that is, you know, by this, you know, by dying, basically. But kind of threatens him a little bit. But um, so that was really, you know, the touchstone for me, uh, trying to figure out how to tell that story. Don't miss Last Rampage, the true story of the prison break of Gary Tyson. In theaters and available on iTunes and all on-demand platforms today. For more information, visit truecrimelive.com or follow the movie on Twitter at Last Rampage Film or on facebook.com slash lastrampagefilm. Oh my gosh, welcome to Meltdown Comics in the Nerd Melt Theater. It is my pleasure to announce that Harmontown is once again in session. Please welcome to the stage the mayor of Harmontown, my dear friend, Mr. Dan Harmon. on the right. Close enough. I came up a different way. Yeah, yeah. For those of you at home. Uh, I went to a party tonight. <clears throat> so I'm a little drunk. <laughs> Stop it. Don't, don't encourage it. You're 20, I'm 40. Uh, it's, not, it's not charismatic for me. Uh, it's inspirational for us, though. Well, it's a, keep, keep, keep hitching your wagon to that star, my friend. <laughs> Uh, I will be 60, I'll be under a bridge. You'll be 40, you'll have your own podcast. It'll make you nothing. And uh, we'll just keep this <laughs> conveyor belt into a meat grinder like in the Pink Floyd the Wall uh, animation. Now, I, saw, I saw you, Dan, right before you left to this party and you were saying, Jeff, uh, hmm, uh. <laughs> we, 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 were, we were at a bar. And Dan said, uh, uh, I, I'm not... I'm not good with strangers. And right. you were worried about meeting your neighbor, and he Google mapped where the party was, and he found out that the house was the house right behind his backyard. Right. So how did it go? Yeah. Uh, neighborly. It was, uh, but th there was a point at the party where I found out that uh, this lady who uh, was hosting the party, we were talking about wine and patios and cats <laughs> dogs I'm gonna guess she was white uh, that's on you my friend but you are correct just a guess she let it drop and not in a not in the way that you're used to it getting dropped like I, like I it, it, she it got dropped that she had survived a tremendous brain tumor uh, like, 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 it, 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 it she, it sort of, I, don't, I can't really, I'm too drunk to recall, like, how, it, how organically it got scooted in. Like, she wasn't like, hey, that's, that's my calling card. Like, <laughs> she was one of those, she was cool with it. She had survived it. It was part of her life, absolutely. So it accidentally arrived in the conversation. And nothing could be more fascinating than you, to me, you find that out. Holy shit, tell me more. How does that start? What does it feel like? What's going on? Uh, I, 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 so I'm talking to a person who has had, she got out her, her iPhone, she had 
iPhone photos of a golf ball-sized meatball that was in her head, center of it, like a cartoon, like a profile of her skull, and then from the top, and then from the side, it's like you could see it right in the middle of her fucking brain, just a golf ball-sized... What are you writing down? Today's date. (laughs) Dan... Is, am I boring you? No. <laughs> this woman. I, I, I had a couple drinks. <laughs> I, was at, I was at Greg Proops' uh, uh, comedy special at Moose and Frank's, and there was gin to be had. And I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to say. I'm there a, were tumor stories to be had at this party. And I just. I, 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 I wrote down today's day. I, I, I wrote down 7, 13, 13, question mark. Is that right? No. 14? Yeah. Okay, fuck all you people. It's getting there. <laughs> Anyways. Okay, 14, the only th- and I'm crossing out the question mark. The only, reason I, the only reason I wanted to tell this story is because of this curious social phenomenon. I'm standing on a patio. The hostess it has revealed... I, I, I'm headlong into, you know, kind of deposing her about her... The experience, because this is something that I, 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 I unbelievable. This happened to you. You survived it. Tell me more. What? How, how did you find out? Blah blah blah. There was another guy there, another neighbor. I hope he doesn't start listening to the podcast tonight. <laughs> and it's, this isn't on him. This is on me. But it was like halfway through me, kind of like like getting more information from her about this meatball that was in her head that she had survived. This god struck lightning bolt that like, like, like she, she's walking around she's hanging out she's eating cheese with us but at one point <laughs> Zeus had tried as hard as he could um, the, the, like, the guy goes uh, he, he said I, I think this is verbatim he said uh, it's just like my wife and, and I was like okay alright swivel over to him slippery slope then he started talking about how his wife had been in a car accident and he started, started describing the absolutely brutal details of this car accident that involved also her children were in the car. There, there's no question that he had total... The, 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 like, there was no... The, yes, it's great. All I could think the entire time was, go fuck yourself. <laughs> fuck you, party, party guy with your wife accident. Talking to the tumor lady. I, I just, that's my only point is that I just found myself, like, this has nothing to do with good people, bad people, anything. It's just like the weirdest human phenomenon. I've got a glass of Chablis. I'm talking to this lady. She's like, yeah, oh, survive. This thing is growing. And then they MRI'd and then they radioactivated. Well, it was my wife. It was, oh, the babies were bleeding and it was bacon on the highway. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, there's a good guy and a bad guy in the story. I'm just like, fuck this guy. Fuck this guy. I can't wait to go to the bathroom and talk shit about him. What a piece of shit. His fucking wife in a car accident. Fucking cocksucker. I just think that's a funny human phenomenon. Like he's pro- I'm, I'm sure he's not lying. I just, But I knew he was a bad person. Now, I, I went to a charity thing a, a couple years ago and it was for uh, children that had... Oh, fuck you, Jeff. I'm talking about the tumor lady in the... See what he's trying to do? No. I was at a thing uh, 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 for a charity for a children that had been burned and I was sitting at a table uh, there were firemen there and they, they have a lot invested in that because they are, they are people that you know, 
are involved in the accidents that, that happen when people get burned. And so it's a very emotional thing. And there was a woman there I talked to, and she goes, fuck this. I fucking hate this fucking charity. She was so bummed out fucking about it. Fucking burnt people. No, because <laughs> she, she told me, I was like, I was like why? Like, what's, 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 your, what's your stakes in this? And she's like, like, I have a child that was born with an illness that, like, from birth. Like, she never had a chance. Like, these children had a chance. To not get burnt? Yes! <laughs> And I was like, interesting. Like, yeah, I was like, look, lady, like... I'm I not... thought she was going to say, like... No, no, like, I, I, she, she, she was saying, like, this is a bullshit charity. These are... <laughs> I, I was like, I can't root for anything anymore, forever. See, that's, a, that's very interesting, yeah. though. It's like, like, where do you... If you do you, you're, you ever walk down the sidewalk, you're going to the grocery store, it's three in the morning, you're, uh... All right, midnight, whatever you fucking... <laughs> going to get pencil supplies, whatever. <laughs> Me, I'm going to get a bottle opener. I, 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 you, you hear a little meow, meow, meow. And you look, and there's a little, there's a little raggedy, little dirt-covered MacGuffin, like a little meow, meow. Inside oh, the drugstore? No, just another, like, one of a million stray cats, like, just like, like a meow, 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 meow. Like, you know it's going to die if you don't, or maybe it won't, or it'll end up in a shelter, like... I, I, it's a, like the only you, you, you then you pull back in your head and you imagine a map of Los Angeles and you go okay what if every stray cat in Los Angeles was a little red dot the map of Los Angeles as far as you could pull back would be a giant red dot there is just a it's just a condition it's misery feline misery <laughs> so you think that about the human condition too and it's like it's it is so weird you go to a camp for kids who have been burnt how can you not be on the side of that when your life has been affected by something other, other than, than that? that. Yeah. And it's not, it's like, like, there are no heroes or villains. It's crazy. Like, 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 like what fucking charity do you give to? If you, if you find a billion dollars under a rock tomorrow, you know, like, 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 ugh, there's just a, like, like uncharismatic sort of fire that keeps raging where you squirt your little fire hose at it. That's called poverty, hunger. I'll just, uh, it's the thought counts me <laughs> and then there's the charismatic tragedies with the, the human faces on them I don't know what, uh, is, what is the most charismatic tragedy <laughs> <laughs> I mean let, let's, let's rank tragedies in terms of charisma well it's, uh, it's, it's antigeria. It's the opposite of progeria it's uh, old people they slowly become so adorable <laughs> and that they die <laughs> It's, it's more, more, they they more, get sucked more. up back inside a uterus. Yeah, and, and it's like fuck you guys. But it's very tragic. But you can't tell from looking at it. Yeah. Uh, I want to bring a friend to, to the stage because he uh, he's got a hard in and a hard out, and uh, he's 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 got a hard in and a hard out. Yeah, he's dropping in by parachute, and then he's rolling out like on a uh, with a bayonet. Um, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't do, I don't do good interviews, and I don't do good introductions. Let's just bring him up. James Urbaniak is here tonight. Hard in. Welcome to my poorly formatted show. I'm sorry. Thank you so much. I listened to yours today. I listened to episode 11 of your podcast. Thank getting you. it on with James Urbaniak. Getting on. Getting on, not getting it on. Getting it on. Very. That's a very different. It's called that's Hard Ins and Hard Outs with James Urbaniak. <laughs> <laughs> your most recent episode is Lockdown. 
and yes. it's it's true it's 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 great like like, like I, I, there's lots of podcasts out there that like super ego comes to mind it's just an experience like yes. Yes, there are people ego. like me who are just dumping their dumb narcissistic asses into a microphone and like pumping it out there and that's great too that's that's worthy of something. There's a technique to your neurotic spluttering. So, somehow, burnt children are being helped right now by me doing this. Um, uh, but then there is the actual use of the medium, which is so charismatic and so envy-inducing. When I listen uh. to, I listen to that thing, and it's fucking fast and tight and amazing, and purely driven by your resonant tones. Your, <laughs> your, your Dr. Venture from Venture Brothers. You, uh, you, 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 you are a professional voice actor. You know what's for sale when you're talking to a microphone, and I'm just thank you, Dan. Yeah. Uh, and this and this thing, there's 11 episodes of it. Please click on them and listen. It's a fictional podcast. You're yeah, telling little stories in every episode. Yeah, it's just like little short plays. But the idea is that it's James Urbaniak's podcast. But each month, James Urbaniak could be a different character, and the given circumstances of his life are completely different. And so there, it's basically me like talking about stuff. But like sometimes I'm sort of myself. But like in the one you just listened to, I'm the captain of a spaceship. Yeah. <laughs> and then like this one where I'm a drunken college professor who just got fired. There's another one where I'm a guy who just experienced a personal tragedy, just tying it together with the theme of this show. Yeah. <laughs> and that one gets like really dark. And so like, but it started out just because I wanted to just make something uh, in my house <laughs> that was easy, to, I mean, relatively easy to make and just put it out there. That's and then I asked a bunch of writer friends to write for it. And then I've been writing with uh, uh, my writing partner, Bree Williams, and we've written like three of them so far, including the space one. That's pretty great. Easy, easy to subscribe to. And, uh, and it's on the feralaudio.com with the Harmontown. Yeah. It's part of the feral family you know, of stars. You know, there's a lot of very interesting things in the feral audio network. We're doing a new thing where we take a little break and do feral audio. Oh, uh, I didn't get that, the point of that transition. It's an experimental thing. It was my idea. I thought you were sending up that kind of plug. No, no. <laughs> do, you, do you want a musical theme for that? Do you, you, do you want to? No, make it? no. I think it's better to just have silence and then you. Go yeah. Okay. Feral audio. Let's talk about these kids for a second. I mean. Feral audio. Feral audio. I mean, sure. If you're a burnt kid. Feral audio. My. Favorite audio. <laughs> and there are groups of people out there who have it worst. Burnt kids and, and uh, people with, with tumors and things. But Feral Audio makes no money. They're just a collective of uh, brilliant people doing podcasting. Just for the fuck of it. That's right. They're good people. Because Young Dustin uh, is about the work. Yeah. He just hangs there he out. Is. Dustin Marshall, everybody. Marshall, the founder. Audio. Only 12 years old. Only He's 12 only 12 years old. People don't know that about Dustin Marshall. his trademark cap and headphones. Yep. He's never a, without them. He's yeah, like a cartoon character. When to take the headphones off. He, he was orphaned in 1892. You see him walking up and down Franklin Avenue in his cap and headphones, listening to podcasts. His life, truly, his headstone will say, Dustin Marshall, Dustin Marshall. He's a little newsy. Headphones and a hat. Deep. Well, I was going to do a rap bridge for that. Can I do a rap bridge? D to the U to the S to the T to the I to the N. All right, that's it. <laughs> that was your spelling. <laughs> that's a very popular rap trope, spelling. It's, but the to the, yeah. 
Uh, yeah, Dustin Marshall's uh, headstone will definitely have the words uh, extra, extra on them. It'll have little stone headphones uh, over the yeah, yeah. Read all about it. There'll be, real, there'll be real headphones, and you can hear his plaintive wails from beyond the grave. <laughs> yeah, you can put them on. <laughs> I'm alive! <laughs> Gather ye rosebuds while ye may! I'm, I'm down here trying to court Mark Maron! <laughs> Mark Maron, did you go over to Mark Maron's grave and he's like, I don't need you. <laughs> uh, so, so it's a gold rush right now, the podcast uh, industry. Uh, Urbaniac, you, you, yes. played, you played Crumb in yeah. the movie American, American Splendor. Splendor. Yeah, I did. Well, did yeah, was that was there, exciting. Was there any uh, direction? Did, did you research? Well, I was, uh, when that audition came in, I, you know, you audition for these things as an actor and usually you go well I'll do the best I can and when that audition came in and, uh, it was it was uh, 2001 that audition came in on the answering machine we had answering machines back then and, I, and so it's just you, exposition from your mom <laughs> you yeah. come in like your cat woman oh James when yeah, are you going to meet exactly. the right girl the answering machine trope <laughs> and uh and then uh, they said, you're auditioning with this movie called American Splendor to play Robert Crumb. And I thought, that part is mine. No one else is more qualified. I'm thin. I'm tall. I, I'm an amateur cartoonist. I saw Crumb. I saw Crumb, and I'm a fan of his work. What more? Well, was I Crum, have a hat like that in my was closet? Crum out, Crumb had been out. Did you see? So oh, my God. I, I saw Crumb, and it came out. That's a masterpiece, that movie. Oh, it's amazing. And then I watched that like a loop. And then I auditioned. Uh, oh, and the auditions... For American Splendor were September 10th, 2001, 9-10. Then what happened? <laughs> <laughs> then the callback was like six weeks later. <laughs> I had to wait forever. <laughs> it's true, the editions were in downtown New York. The editions were in downtown yes. New York on Canal Street at Good Machine, and it was illegal to go downtown for like four weeks. You... Yeah. Yeah. Those fucking yeah. terrorists. Yeah. All right. <laughs> they almost fucked up my getting Was that Was 9-11 an inside job? <laughs> I gave you a real good segue there, and it's true. I just watched two documentaries today, and I've become... I've gone I from... walked into the drawing room earlier today, and Dan was sitting next to Dino, and Dan was clearly in the middle of... Uh, a, of a, a rant about the melting point of steel. Yes. Is, uh, I've become one of these people. Is, the, is that conspiracy guy, what's his face? Barky McGee, you know, the one who's always... <laughs> McGruff? <on>. Who's the <laughs> famous no, conspiracy McGru guy? McGruff is the crime dog. Alex Jones, thank you. Barky McGee, Barky I call him. I was he in these documentaries, Alex Jones? Uh, Alex, no, I don't. Not that All I right, because he just makes a living like making shit up. But I remember when, 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 <laughs> back back in the day, I, I anybody who was talking about the boiling point of metal and the pancake and the all this shit, I I I, I would just I was so turned off by that stuff because it was like precisely because it was like you know what? No, there's not a fucking don't romanticize this. This is an actual, Jesus Christ, these people died and it's a fucking big deal. And more importantly, it's about the government's kind of ineptitude. So, like, I wanted to, I remember being in therapy sessions and saying to therapists, like, 
uh, yeah, I'm just angry about this. I just, uh, these people, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't do anything. I was like, well, we pay our taxes. We're supposed to, uh, fucking, you're supposed to be in this no-fly zone. It's like, like I thought you're supposed to clip your Dilbert cartoons and you're, you, you, you have your coupons for cat food. And you're like, I thought the whole exchange was supposed to ultimately have to do with security. Uh, like, and, but no, you can just. I was mad about it back then. I was mad. And I never wanted to hear anybody saying, like, well, you know, they never, oh, Flight 77 is oh, the kind of metal that on the plane, the tail couldn't have. I, I was like, those people are quacks. I don't want to talk to those people because they're trying to JFKify something that is actually deeply patriotic, spiritual, like, important, personal. But I just, I, now I start, just today, I guess, like, maybe I hit some tipping point or... <laughs> I don't know. Maybe what did we, you watch? I, I watched these just weird documentaries. That whatever what was available. I don't know what happened to me today. I just drifted into some weird cloud. Maybe 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 uh, maybe it's because community. Like I I, I just like I, I just was like looking for an escape. Uh, the, the pressures, you know. I just wanted a Sunday to just like escape into a cloud. Well, you, should, you should get fired again. And I, I, <laughs> that, that would help. That would help. <laughs> I, 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 I watched this. I watched this documentary called uh, 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 Pre- "Press for Truth," I think it was called, or "Press," yeah. And then another one that was called Zero. Zero z- the latter is the more like sci-fi kind of like what's the melting point of steel kind of stuff. Press for Truth is actually kind of impressive because it's it's very deeply personal. It's about the it, like the 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 wives of, of 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 victims like going just like on a human level. They're just going. They're not saying, I think that uh, spaghetti was the motivation. Like, they're, they're just saying, no one's giving us a satisfactory answer. Anyways, guys, what do you think? <laughs> I don't know. What's, just, their, just, what's their theory? Uh, well, there's a, there, in the first one, there was, like, this huge thing about Pakistan. I'm sorry that Kumail's not here to... Uh, <laughs> to be bummed out. Uh, <laughs> There's a, like all this. I, I, I can't keep track of it. Your head starts to spin. That's the thing that conspiracy theorists have. But are you, as an is advantage. this the thing where they're saying, "Oh well, it was the uh, the American government did it themselves"? Is uh, that what well, you're certainly about? the second of the two, the one that the one that's called zero. Yeah, it's all about. It's, yeah, absolutely. The implication is that it's an inside job. Dan, if you had to guess right now, with what limited information <laughs> and intelligence that you have, but anyway, as is my job. You know, I'm, saying, I'm, saying, <laughs> I'm not saying you have to be right, but if you had to go from your gut with what what, it, what facts, information you currently have, what do you think <laughs> happened? I don't, because I, honestly, because, I swear to God, I'm not kidding. Like, I don't, I have no idea. I don't know. I swear to Do you to think God. a plane hit the Pentagon? Uh, God damn it. I, 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 now I watched these two things today. I would have, I, yesterday I would From have From your said, gut, Dan. <laughs> TMZ's not here. Yesterday, I would have said yes. There is no gut. That's the problem. Like there is no like the. I watched two documentaries today. Here's the problem with conspiracy theorists. You're still processing is what's going. They on. get to conspiracy theorists like they're dangerous. That's a dangerous industry. They get to leave out things that don't service them. Like there's something marketable about saying JFK didn't get killed by Lee Harvey That's Oswald. Right. That's why this guy Alex Jones, like he makes a living doing this. You're incentivized every inch of every magic bullet's pathway. You're incentivized to fudge, and that's not cool when you're dealing with stuff that people actually. Would care you be about. Would you be more content knowing that it actually happened as reported, or that there actually was like you know hocus pocus going on with the government I would actually I would be way more sad I, I would I would I, I, I hope to God that 19 
uh, fundamentalist uh, uh, guys from Saudi Arabia climbed into planes and did horrible things and flew them into things, and that that was that. I would, I would, I so would much rather life be that like that. I, I they, these 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 things take you down a rabbit hole, though. You just go like you're so unsatisfied by that truth. James, this is the, this is the point in the show where the guest has to start interviewing Dan. Yeah. Because <laughs> James, what do you think, James? Come on, tell us, James. James, tell us. Well, the government. You're Dr. Venture. What do you right. think? Nine <laughs> Eleven was an inside job. See, see. <laughs> Dr. Venture doesn't say see. <laughs> I think uh, the government already. Well, the people in power already had a wet dream for many years that some tragic event would happen that would allow them to go off preemptively, knocking off like dictators and stuff. Yeah. And, and so, and you know, there's this thing called the Project for the New American Century, which... What? PNAC. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, those are the letters yeah. that... It's yes. like we're in Washington Square Park here. <laughs> and there's a thing in there that says, we really want to go off and, and you know, uh, knock off dictators, but we need, we need a really good incentive to do it. We need like a Pearl Harbor. And then, but then you think they'd and be then really September good at going 2001, Christmas came early to the right. people who wrote that document. Yeah. So I can see why you can kind of conflate that desire and change it around right. a little bit and say those people made that happen, but except they didn't. That, although that they were no dictators ever get knocked off, and the economy is not booming, and there is no like I could I could see how those guys would that would be their wet dream, but I don't think they engineered it. No, I don't think because they engineered obviously it, it did not work out. I mean. GW was, he's not acting that he's shocked. He's just sitting in that fucking kindergarten class for like 10 minutes going, I don't know what to do. I honestly don't know what to do. This is never, I never thought it would lead up to this. And I think I, I, all I can do is sit here for 10 minutes. As, as sexy as all conspiracy theories are and seem, when you watch these very convincing like documentaries about, like, hey man, if the planes hit the Pentagon, where's the engines, Jack? Man, because the engines would be there because I made a titanium, my man. And uh, you know, oh shit. Where are the engines? That's, that's all cool, but I don't think that, that that's endowing our government with better abilities to keep secrets and lie. Like, like I, I, I think was, uh, they, they might actually be so inept. Lies that complicated seem absurd. Also, to, yeah, to do that much weird shit. It's like in your wildest dreams, this government would be capable of uh, being all a good this government. Circuitous, like. Yeah. Like stuff, and then if they're they, like, they, well, if, if they, they had that much brain power, the bridges wouldn't fall down while people were fucking driving across them. <laughs> Maybe it's just that when when horrible shit happens, it's always chaotic. You always wonder how how a piece of skull ended up on one wall. It never makes sense. You and and then you and then you have ten years. What, what to, wall are you talking about? Right now? <laughs> I'm, what, what, it's what, a metaphorical it? wall of order in the wake of chaos. Like Pink Floyd. Okay. Pink Floyd right. wall. It's not a real wall. A beloved president is assassinated. Two towers come crumbling down. Like, like, like in a flash, like, our world changes, and then we spend the next 15 years going like, okay, well, you, you, you find a candy wrapper on the floor, and you go, you trace it back to the idea that, that hopefully there's more order than chaos in the world. But the truth is, Boy, but man, I learned a lot about metallurgy today. <laughs> just, I, they just, they didn't theory, let up. They didn't think, let up. I think you're receptive to this, these alternative histories, and it, it's like you're receptive to it because it, they're stories, and you adore stories, and you pay all stories respect. <sighs> they're Thank terrible you. stories, yeah. though. I actually, we crave uh, sense. We want order. Yeah. We, 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 we'll never know, uh, you know, 
lots of things about history, but we, we, we choose to make order out of things, out of chaos. We know why it happened, and it still doesn't make any sense. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go home and Google the right phrase for debunking the debunking of the debunking and stuff, because I just heard too much today about the melting point of steel. It just disturbed me too much. I want you to have another vodka and just fucking dive into a real conspiracy right now. I, I want you to, like, I see, I see your, your leg tapping eagerly right now. I, I think you're on the threshold of really revealing. No, I got it. It's a, yeah, America wasn't in those buildings. Uh, they evacuated them. I don't know what you're talking about. All right. So, uh... Don't, don't chicken out me now, man. I think you, I think you have a, your no, own... No, I'm... T- look, I, I am a human being. I, you know what I think was amazing? The most amazing thing was that there was one guy in both documentaries I saw. There's, like, these little cheesy videos that, like, people make. Uh, uh, there's one guy in both of them whose son died in 9-11. And I loved, like, his catchphrase in the second of the two documentaries. He, he was, like... He's, like, this, like, good-natured, like, dad, like, that was talking the way I hoped my dad would talk if I died in a horrible tragedy that didn't have an abundance of forensic evidence surrounding it. He, 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 he just said, hey, look, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. My son got murdered. I'm trying to find out who killed him. It's fucking, like, really compelling. Yeah, I was like, oh, breaks. shit, I want that to be my dad. Can you dedicate... And I, and, I, and I will do that for my son. Can you dedicate an entire season of Community to answering that question? <laughs> what, if, what if you did that? What if, what if... <laughs> it just takes a turn. Donald Glover leaves, and then, like, there's just, like, this plane hits Greendale, and then... It's a paper airplane, so it's charming. But, like, it's like a paintball plane... I dare you. And then I, Jeff Davis, dare you, Dan Harmon. <laughs> it's just the season of paintball. Uh, yeah. God. Is there any way I can make people happy with 13 13- Hey guys, it's Spencer. I'm here to issue a formal apology and talk to you about MeUndies. You see, recently we were in Oklahoma for a show, and at the end of the show, Dan took all his clothes off, ran around like a fool trying to get attention. It was a lot of fun. Everyone loved it. They loved it so much, I was jealous. I wanted to get some attention for myself. I took off all my clothes, ran around too, but I crashed into a table, spilled McDrinks all over myself. And uh, I just want to tell you that you don't have to have all your underwear disintegrate off of you like I did. You can use MeUndies and elevate your underwear game to the next level. What is me undies? Oh, just some seriously soft, feel-good undies delivered right to your door that won't disintegrate when you crash into a table of drinks. MeUndies are designed in L.A. and made from sustainably sourced micro-modal, a fabric three times softer than cotton and three times less disintegratable. MeUndies Softer Than Soft Luxe Undies come in an ever-changing selection of classic colors, bold shades, and adventurous patterns, so you can tailor your undies to your own personal style, even if your style is crashing into beverages or just swimming in your own pants. And guess what? You can save time and money each month with a monthly subscription. And you save a lot of money by not getting arrested for public indecency. And if you're not ready for a subscription, that's okay. You can still save because MeUndies is offering you 20% off your first pair. Just use our special URL, MeUndies.com slash Harmontown, and get 20% off your first pair. So go ahead, flood-proof your underwear drawer. You deserve it. Once again, that's MeUndies.com slash Harmontown. MeUndies.com slash Harmontown. That's MeUndies.com slash Harmontown. Episodes, speaking of which, I don't know, man. Uh.
Okay, all paintball. What if, what if all paintball? That wouldn't make people happy. What if no paintball? That wouldn't make people happy. I'm not complaining, but I am under a personal gun. Um, what, what would you do if you had... Not, not that budget is a concern necessarily, but like if you had your dream, like is there, is there, is, have there been ideas kicked around in the writer's room as you're putting a new season together where you would say, like, God, I wish, what if we could just do this? Like, what would be one thing you, that you wish you could do but you can't get away with? God, what if Donald was in the show? <laughs> I just keep... It's, it's just been five weeks of us going... Uh, no, 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 nothing like that, honestly. I, I mean, I never... No, I, 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 I want to reground the characters and do, like, awesome, compelling shit. I, 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 think, I, think, I think every kind of community fan would agree that, like, remedial chaos and Dungeons and & Dragons are, like, like the, at the center of the Venn diagram of, like, everybody being happy. You got the shippers are happy, the psychology is there. It's like, it's not, it's like, yeah, paintball is awesome, but that's like a, that's like a slight offshoot of, of episodes that are, you know, you, you have to take the characters seriously. And, and of course, we're going to do that for the fifth season. So I'm not that worried. I'm just a little worried that you only get 13. And, and I'm worried. Okay, I'm worried. How many have you written so far? <sighs> Zero. <laughs> I just, I've taken up heroin and I'm just sitting in my office. I just keep staring at old Vanity Fair articles about the show. And just. Just eating uh, grilled octopus and shooting up. Uh, no, we've bro- we've broken like five five episodes, like broken the stories. Yeah. All right. Why do you ask, James? I was just curious. You want to be in one of them? Please, if right. there's a part for a persnickety. All right, James. We gotta we gotta we gotta let James go. But before we do, we gotta we gotta. I don't mind if there's a, if there's a persnickety passive aggressive professor who makes his way through there who has an affair with Britta. You know, that's. Uh, <laughs> just throwing that out there. It's that easy. <laughs> yeah. Just, just throwing that out there. Yeah. Just, anybody know, in the saying, Just like the 9-11 guys. You don't have to take it to heart. Just throwing it out. Opening a door in your mind. Just anything you want to plug or anything uh, while you're up here? Like, uh, I don't know. Are you writing a book or uh, appearing in a magazine oh, or water skiing? I don't know. There's like stuff. But the Venture Brothers and just listen to the podcast. Getting yeah. on with James Urbania yeah. at feralaudio.com. Definitely listen to it. Thank you, James Urbania. Thank you for having me. Yay! James Urbaniak. I don't know what I'm doing. It wasn't out of my outline. I was like, bring James Urbaniak out, then ask him if 9-11 was an inside job. And, and, then, and then never ask him another question. <laughs> of all the people that you've not interviewed while they were out here, he, he, he took it the best. He's a good sport. <laughs> I mean, if he wants to stay, he can stay. But he had a hard out. Uh, 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 yeah, I'm a bad. I'm a bad interviewer. I've been forthcoming about that. What do you think is your? Uh, what, what keeps you from being a good interviewer? Uh, concern <laughs> about other people. Right. Definitely. No, 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 that's not true. Because you you are concerned about the people, but you get more concerned. I'm about concerned what... about how they feel about me. Right. Right. <laughs> So, so you start interviewing yourself through right. their eyes. Yeah. So, so like my inter- yeah, it's like like if if uh, if Gore Vidal came up here, I'd be like, do you th- is there mustard on my face? Bring, bring somebody up from the audience right now and interview him. Just try to try to interview him. Okay. This guy this guy's so excited. Okay. Right. 
Okay. What's your name, sir? Uh, Gibran. Gibran? Gibran, yeah. Gibran, where are you from, Gibran? Uh, I came down from Canada. Uh, I drove down. Uh, today? Uh, yeah, today. For real? It was just a straight... No, uh, no. I drove down this week. Uh, it was about uh, 30 hours. Which province are you from? Uh, Alberta. See, Dan, what I'm doing right now is... What I'm doing is interviewing Yeah, you exactly. <laughs> Fuck you, Gibran. Get out of here. It's done. Right, hey, what, hey, what's your birthstone? Garnet. Okay. What's left for me? Okay, no, no. So now, Dan, take it from there. Okay, Shabran, uh, how tall was your mom? 5'1". Uh, See? I don't know. Like, well, that, that, that's weird. Dan, You're taller Dan, than 5'1". Dan, a stranger is on stage with you right now. You've never right. met this fellow. Okay. Uh, he raised his hand eagerly. All right. It, what... Is there no dry... Shabran, Shabran. Like, okay, you're from Canada. I am. Came to the show. I did. Your name's Shabran. How how long are you in town? I'm leaving tomorrow morning. Why? Uh, Because once I've seen this, what else is there to do? Right. I'm a good interviewer. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, Gibran, wh- uh, what, what, what's, with the, what's with the weird name? Uh, yeah. Wow. It's a, go- it's a gotcha question, then. It's a gotcha question. Uh, fair question, I'd say. Is it a common name? What part of, what part of Canada? What part of Canada? Uh, Calgary. Calgary, Alberta. All right, I got a lot of people. Woo! Okay. All right, forget your name. Don't, Don't worry about that. That's stupid. Yeah. We get, you, go- Google his name. Who cares? Gibran, uh, what, 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 what are you most afraid of? Don't say spiders. Um, slipping into solipsism. So, 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 okay, like, like, like me. So you'd be a bad interviewer. Probably. Yeah. All right, now Gibran, interview Dan. Right, act like you don't, yeah, you don't know me. Or no, you can act like you know me. That's okay. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to control the interview. Dan. When two solipsists go to war. Dan. Tell me, uh... Both guys just look at the floor. I'm sorry. I'm sorry about my friend. Tell, tell me what it felt like to uh, play D&D for the first time. Oh, my God. Uh, That's a great question, Gibran. Thank you. I love D&D. Oh, yeah? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, I, I honestly... I, I, can, I can barely remember, but, like, one of the most remarkable memories I have that mark that is that I remember mowing my lawn... Uh, uh, because I had to mow my lawn, and I remember that the, the like I hated mowing the lawn because it's just repetitive activity. But and this is before iPods; it's before you can occupy your brain with anything. And I just remember mowing my suburban front lawn, going back and forth, and the whole time I was just thinking about what we had just done in in D and D. It's just like so, like this awakening, this idea that that I had a different life, that I was a different person, and that these things had happened. That they, that they were scenes like in a movie that had never existed? I was like, uh, 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 good, good question. What a good interviewer. Now, Dan, now, let me, now let me counter with this. Yeah, yeah. What's your favorite color? Blue. No pink. Uh. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I know yeah. we're not supposed to do Monty Python no, jokes. No, Monty Python so. jokes are fine. Well, what's it D- like Dan, to interview Dan, me? Follow-up question. Do all right, okay, all right. So you like, why do you like D&D? How old are you? Uh, what, 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 what race do you hate the most? Uh, yeah. 
Good, good question. Which, which feet of yours is bigger? I, I hate I hate gnomes. <laughs> <laughs> so you're, uh, you're an elf. No, I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. I Wait, like well, how old are you? Uh, Thirty-five. Thirty-five. Okay. And so what? What was you, you answered the same question? Yeah. What was your big memory with D and D? Really, that was just so that I could ask answer that question. I knew that this was coming. So, <laughs> Um, I I played for the first time when I was nine, and I actually didn't even know that I was playing Dungeons and Dragons. It just came in this like little red box, and a guy across the street from a friend he played this game, and I had no idea that you could like just uh, envelop yourself in another world and like create all these things that just were so alien to the life that you live. The idea it was, that it's actually okay to say, even though I'm just sitting here being a fat guy with zits on his face, I'm actually doing this other thing. I'm actually That's this right. other person. I, which is, like, like, we're all familiar with it. It's under our nose, but the emotional experience of, like, actually, yeah, I, 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 shit, man. I, yeah, I mean, allow, allowing yourself to, like, be heroic or be, like, be the center of your own universe. I mean, I guess we all are the center of our own universes, but it's... Um, on a grander scale. Yeah. So what do they do in Canada? <laughs> just on a just on a typical day. <laughs> like, like I'll start I'll start it's 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 eight in the morning, I'll be a Canadian rooster, which I'm sure sounds different from an American rooster. Eh? I'm sure it's got some weird yeah, yeah. use of you in there. Uh, you all wake up and go, oh, I'm about to eat some breakfast. Um, <laughs> uh, we watch hockey. We, we wake up, we turn on the TV. Uh, there's no like uh, ch- channel changing on the remote. It just it turns on and off, and then it's just TV at a really loud volume. It's just hockey. And, and, Straight and, hockey at a really loud volume. Yeah, or or Colin Mockery is on there, or hockey. That's it, right? <laughs> I feel like every time, I, every everything I've ever seen on the internet that is community related, like like where someone's like making a really creative GIF or doing like a good YouTube video, there's always that city TV logo in the, that, and that's Canadian, right? It's yeah. like it's we're you really fuckers. good. At You're not paying for anything. We're really great at pirating. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you also like you know you love good TV. Yeah, well, and by good I mean my. <laughs> Wait, we, we know that what you meant. Yeah. <laughs> we know. Are, are you born and raised in Calgary? Uh, yeah, I am. What's that street? Is it 17th Street where the bars are? Yeah, that 17th Ave. <laughs> 17th yeah. Ave. That's right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Were you there? Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. I've been many times. And, and is the bar called like the Crown and Thorn? Or the... uh, Rose and Crown. Rose and Crown. Yeah. yeah I love yeah. it. That's Al- uh, Alberta. That's right, Alberta. My, I have relatives. Uh, my family, I had a family reunion in Alberta. Oh, really? Just so you know. Where? I don't know. I didn't go. Oh. I, I just a bunch of people related to me were like, "Hey, come up here." Well, if 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 you ever need a surrogate to go for the next one, you just I'll let send me know. you. Yeah. Okay. Now, Dan, we there was a lady running around. My parents went. My parents went, and they said, "God, it was so annoying." There was this lady running around and talking about how. Uh, we were all six six degrees uh, separated from a pope. And my mom was like, we all are. Like, everyone is. Like, cavemen yeah. are. It doesn't make any sense. All right. Anyways. Now, Jan, uh, we're learning more about you in this interview than Gibran. We cannot leave. We cannot get him off the stage until we've learned 
at least equal amounts about Gibran before he goes. So okay. I leave that to you. So, so people, people who are listening to the podcast at home, we haven't specified yet. Gibran is a, a, a seven foot two African American. <laughs> Tattooed like Queequeg and Moby, Moby Dick. <laughs> That's a, he has yeah. tribal tats over yes. the left side of his face. He's holding an ivory spear. <laughs> purple, so, purple streak through so his face. So I, I, I have something to say about that because uh, my fiance, she sometimes when she meets new people or, and they ask about uh, about me, then she says, "Oh, his name is Gibran." They're always like, "Oh, he must be big and black." <laughs> <laughs> They're so disappointed when they see me. Dan, follow up questions. You're if not, you, if you Dan, were if Dan. you were black, like what would you do first? And last, because for real, I would go, dude, Jeff. Let's all answer this question. I, I, there's a, if you could, if you woke up tomorrow black, like there's something you'd do, right? I, I, I'm asking I would, myself this inst- I, I would instantly go fuck with white people as hard as I could. But how? Where? Huh? I would just, I would just good-naturedly intimidate them. See, I think I would... I don't know, but I was about to say I would go to some mythical place where only black people are allowed, but I wouldn't... That wouldn't... It wouldn't... Uh, that, there's no... That's, that doesn't work that way. It's called prison. <laughs> oh! Good night, everybody! You fucking pussies. He walked into that. Yeah. No, but it's, it's it's not like there's some bar that's called like the Black uh, Gentleman. Well, you know? <laughs> we live in Los Angeles. There are neighborhoods where you could go into where there are places that you could. Well, there's just, yeah, there's places where if I walked in being white, I would feel less comfortable. But I don't think if you walked in being black, you'd be like, "Hey, put it on my tab." <laughs> well, would you walk into a bar in Inglewood and like just try, try to like try to? I just... don't know from Inglewood. I th- that's my thing. Like I I I, 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 don't, I don't know I don't know like, like I, that's the thing. Like I haven't I haven't put that much thought into it. I just know that there's like a, yeah, if, my, if, I, if I walked into a place and everyone was black and I was the only white guy, I know that I would feel like, like an interloper and like, like bummed out. And I, but I know, I know from going to junior high that, that they w- were not as bummed out about that as, as a, a bunch of white people with a black person walking in would be. I don't think there would be any profit from walking in. Like, I, I guess I'm, I'm just thinking about it now. Like, if I woke up black, if I had the superpower, press a button on my bracelet. First of all... If, uh, okay, I'm black now. I'm black. But, 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 uh, how about that? Uh, when you wake up black, like, just like you get to pick what kind of black person you are. Well, then I'd like, be super sexy black. Like, well, that's late, uh, that's a different thing. I, I, I'm assuming I'm a dumpy black guy. <laughs> like, I, how about you get to be any black person you want, male, female, sexy? Otherwise, you so I just get to be just straight up handsomest black guy in the world. Yeah, or, or that's you, different. Or, or, then or, I just, yeah. or you could be like, a, like you could be like a funny like wisecracking old fifty year old black lady. You know, like I would just be a strapping fucking amazing black guy that was able to jump over a car. What, what do you, if I, I get, I'm choosing? I get to choose? You get to choose. Well, then I'm, I'm me, mega black. Jo- John. I'm, I'm, I'm super, super in the James Bond of black men. I'm, I'm Billy D. Williams in 1982. I'm like, fucking, I, yeah. I'm just w- walking in, fucking, like. Okay, but, okay so, so you're Billy D. Williams, sexy uh, Billy D. Williams. Where He's do you... not even black enough. I don't even know why I have... Hey, fuck you, people. <laughs> fuck you, honkies. <laughs> I just pressed my black button. I'll tell you who's black enough. 
Billy Dean could go fuck himself. Yeah. What are you talking about? All right, I'm so be a fucking rich, visceral fucking black guy. So Dan, you, you're you're the you're mega black. You're the you're you're, you're, you're I'm op- super fucking like potent black. Okay. What it's cock a doodle do? The alarm clock goes off. What do you do first? You get up. You you have a I eat a big black breakfast. All right. <laughs> Which consists of what? <laughs> like tons of protein and. Uh, I don't know. Like, okay, so, I, this is am- I'm so glad you're asking these questions. I don't know. What's what's on your plan of action? You only have 24 hours of this. You have okay, well, I'm so, so much pressure. I I I, 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 I go go to some. There's got to be some black parlor where you can like download with other black people about what do you do. I don't know. I think that's. I don't no, know. No, you don't. You don't have that. You you are just a white right, man. I just that woke up. To be right, black. I'm at my house. So. Oh my god, I'm, I'm a sexy. Uh, physically fit, beautiful black All man. Alright, so Aaron's, Aaron's next to me? Uh, it, you, so then it, first this is your go, fantasy, man. Well, Aaron's like, holy shit, you're black. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> we probably gotta how does she knock know that out. How does she know it's... <laughs> Don't you... Is that wrong to say? Well, when you say knock that out, what are we talking about? Well, I mean, if she woke up with blue hair, it'd be like, hey, you know, I, I, oh, viva la différence, you know? know. Uh, let's fucking do it. So, so we're assuming she wakes up and she's comfortable and she knows that she can recognize through physical... Because again, you said, I'm not the Dan Harmon version of a black guy. No, no, I'm, you, not, you're... I'm not like a big dumpy... I, I, I got to choose to be a giant... I, I have a wingspan. Yeah. Like I, my chest is like a Buick's grill. My biceps are the size of a child's head. I, I'm like, but every... I just look like a cartoon. Right. So that's, that's what you think black people are, right? <laughs> No, they're, that's they're, not fair. They're people. I, I, no, it isn't fair. <laughs> you said I got to choose what kind of black guy you I was. You think children's heads are shaped like biceps? <laughs> You're a, I don't want you to be a black person, Dad. Well, I don't... Okay, uh, so you wake up and you're Kevin Garnett. You're fucking... You're, yeah, you're, who's you're, that? He's a very... <laughs> okay, now we learn more about you. I, I, you, you said... Uh, uh, you're just a very tall... Strapping. Physically fit, strapping, good-looking black gentleman. Yeah. What? You have 24 hours to do something. Right. What's, what's on the fucking docket? All right. I fuck Aaron, but good. <laughs> She's earned it. Okay. Quick breakfast. Like... High protein. Right. I don't know what. Right. Out to my car. You get. You get. You get oh, to pick I go, a car. I go. I go. You, to, you get to pick a car too. You get to pick a new no, car. No, I don't. No, don't because you're trying to trick me into being racist. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not. Well, I'm well, not. Well done, my my proud Nubian friend. <laughs> I go down to my fucking silver Prius okay. and, I, and, I, and I slide into it proudly with my cosmopolitan black body right. and I go to the drawing room, my usual haunt, because I want to know what it's like to walk in there black. Okay. And I go and I order my usual drink. Uh, I, I would like a kettle one of the rocks, please. And okay. suave like that. Okay, here you are. That'll be $6. Thank you. <laughs> hmm. It's good to drink at a place that understands me. <laughs> I don't know, just feeling them out. Okay. So let, let, let's say that they're totally fine. Because... I go over to the jukebox. Right. I want to put on some Little Wayne. 
Little or Lil? Because there's no Little Wayne on the jukebox. I'm not gonna fuck around with the jukebox. I don't care. Okay. That was a joke. Uh, okay, so I gotta drink up my usual haunt. All right, now what am I gonna do? 24 uh, hours. All right. Tw- 21 hours. All right, I'm black. <laughs> but I look good. I'm like fit. Like I'm ripped. Oh, yeah, you're, you're, in, you're in peak physical condition. So then I'm gonna do shit that has nothing to do with being black. I just wanna be ripped. Like I wanna. Like, I wanna... Well, then you can just go to the gym, dude. No, that's the whole point. You don't have to go to the gym. Man. No, I'm saying. That's what. That's what you don't have to be do. black to be in good shape. <laughs> Or to fuck your girlfriend I know, properly. I know, I know that. Fine. Fine. Oh. Let's hear from Gibran, everybody. Gibran. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Gibran. Can I, can I just make a shout out? Sure, sure. Uh, happy birthday to my cousin Ivan and uh, eat your heart out, Les Wong. Thank you. All right. Gibran. Canadians. Dan, I have to say, that was a hell of an interview. <laughs> you, you really are bad at it. <laughs> You don't know other people exist. <laughs> that guy sat on stage here with a microphone in his hand, never spoken to it, and you simply didn't care at all. Yeah, but he was like, you know, he was like, ooh, I want to come up here. I mean, how do you know he deserves it? <laughs> maybe, maybe that was but, karma. But he said he was, he was solipsistic, and so are you in that he way. He did good. He did fine. Uh, he, got, he, he, he did got, great. He got everything he was going to get. Certainly. <laughs> Gibran from Canada. <laughs> What is he gonna get? What is it, we gonna carry him out on our shoulders? No, we wanted to find out if you could actually invest uh, interest in another human being. All right, all right. What, what's what's your name? Anatoly. Anatoly. Oh shit. Anatoly, get on stage, Anatoly. <laughs> okay. All right, Anatoly. That sounds okay, like a, yeah. an exotic name. Yeah, the, yeah the, the names are getting weirder. Jeff, I'll. <laughs> Anatoly, where, where are you from? From Russia. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, you, so you're just visiting? No, I study here. What's that? Study. Oh, you stu- are you yep. studying? Where, what school? Uh, in UCLA. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's part of a, 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 like a, an exchange program? No, or? no, no. Just came here to study. Study directing. How do, how do you... You're studying directing? Yeah. Of a, what, film, TV? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So were you directing in Russia? No. <laughs> I just came to study. You just, you just came over and said, I think I'll try directing. Yeah. Why is it called not? Well, I mean, it's just, you know, a lot of us, uh, a lot of directors in this audience are out of work right now. And uh, so I'm sorry, but uh, fuck you guys. <laughs> All right. Wow. Um, as a Russian, at some point, he must break you. <laughs> Um, so, uh, how old are you? I'm 23. 23? Yeah. God, oh, man. Just your, your life pulsing through your little sinewy yeah. Russian veins. <laughs> Do they have black people in Russia? Uh, really few. Yeah. Like in my town, I think like it was three black people. So, how... how uh, <laughs> what were their names? 
and we're and we're gonna check. <laughs> if one's Gibran, we're gonna smell her out. <laughs> uh, what's, uh, how, were your parents rich? Would you call them rich? Uh, not a, no. M- middle class, lower yeah, class. Yeah, I think middle class. Yeah. So how do you how do you, how do you get hooked up? With, 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 what, what, I don't understand. Can you explain the process that gets you to get to come over here to UCLA to study directing? Just w- w- for for those of us listening to Russia that, right now, like, it's uh, called airlines. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You may say so. Actually, uh, I can start from far along when I was born, but I don't know. <laughs> I like uh, I like movies. I like TV shows. I like I I think I watched a couple episodes of Community. Oh yeah. Yeah. You saw a couple I, episodes. I, I like uh, like it was I think uh, it was episode about uh, Inspector Space Time Convention. I, I think it was best episode. I like I like your job. Yeah. That, yeah. That, that, but that was fourth season. You said. Yeah. It's, it's all right. It's okay. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he 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 can't tell. Uh, so, anyway, so, 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 so you just like, 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 this is the, the world we live in now. You're just sitting in Russia and you go like, I want to, I want to direct TV, and you yeah. just fucking like up and came over on a plane, yeah, you're like, you're, you're, and nobody grabbed you at the border and was like, What are you doing? I, what are you trying yeah, to do? Get out of here! <laughs> you have to get a student visa. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, a student it's, visa. Yeah, it's pretty actually, it's pretty hard. How long? How long do those last? Uh, Four years. No, it's uh, well studied. You can study like almost all your life. So <laughs> it doesn't matter. So you just have to keep like, yeah, like yeah, filling out a form yeah, and going. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know that much yet. Yeah, yeah. I don't <laughs> Do you have friends over here? Um, not really many, but like few people. You just uh, are you in a dorm room at UCLA? No, no, no. I just uh, rent in a room. Well, you in d- Echo Park. Oh, really? Just yeah. a one-bedroom apartment? No, uh, it's a uh, three-bedroom with two, two guys. So, uh, so you, like, how did you find the roommates? Uh, on Craigslist. Uh, Craigslist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, what, what do you want to make? I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. I, I hate no, to interrupt because no, no. you're jump doing... in. Jump in. I'm so fucking tired. <laughs> no. I, I, I thought I, I did a good job. I, 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 ins- I instinctively jumped in as Jeff Davis because I saw you flagging over there and, yeah, you, yeah, and, yeah. and you held your Thank cup you. very good. close to your lips and you wanted a sip. Yeah. yeah but yeah. You, you were doing a really good interview there. He's so Russian. Yeah. <laughs> what part Just of, talk to him, Jeff. What Just part of Russia are you from? It's middle of Russia. It's. It's town called Orenburg, and no one heard about it. So. <laughs> now, are, are you, you thought a, one guy would go, "Woo!" Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Now>, like, <laughs> but I think of like, like, as a Russian student coming over here to direct, like, are you a big fan of like Russian film, or are you a film student, or are you more of a TV fan? Uh, I don't know. I mean, do, do, do you love? Are you? There's directors that love their like, you know, that love their foreign film, love their classical films, and like, and, like, they're a big, you're a big scholar of, of filmmakers. Are, are you more just like? Want to do what you want to make? Yeah, yeah, I think uh, that's great. Uh, I, I don't really uh, like. I, I like some Russian like <laughs> old films, but uh, now it's like really terrible business in Russia. Like every, uh, like only one movie out of like one hundred is worth to watch, and so it's nothing to do in there. So yeah, yeah. Who do you think is interviewing you better right now? <laughs> um, Me or Jeff? Like I, find, I, find, I feel like his interview is more like yeah. I don't know, it's like more boring. <laughs> like, uh, like mine's more personal. Uh, Anatoly, uh, who's the most passive aggressive uh, interviewer right now? 
if, 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 you got to, if you had your dream job, if you could make whatever you wanted, what, what kind of show or, or what would you make as a director? Do you want to do TV or, f or movies? Oh, for sure TV. It's like it's really for sure TV. I mean, that's yeah, because it's like uh, if you direct on TV, you have like uh, two weeks of work and uh, get money and buy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't have to sit and like developing for five years and uh, without money. So what's yeah, your favorite sure American TV. TV show? Or not not your favorite, but just yeah. a random one. Just a name one. That Madman. 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 Yeah. <laughs> Would you want to direct like uh, you want to direct our stuff like that? Is that what you would want to do? Actually, I don't. I don't. I don't you are yeah. starting directing, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Wait. Can you? Okay. Jeff and I are going to do a scene, and you're going to direct us. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. We're going to do it from Mad Men. We're going to try. Well, it'll be like from Mad Men, like okay. not a real scene, but and then you you will do one take. And then you adjust us. You say you say cut, and then you adjust us, and then we'll do another take. Okay, so I'm Don, I'm I'm Don Draper. I'm, I've never seen it, so I'll be uh, Al Sharp. Al Sharp. <laughs> All right, I'm, I'm Don Draper. Uh, I'm Al Sharp. I'm, 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 I'm a new uh, I'm a new intern named Al Sharp. Okay. <laughs> oh, Mr. Mr. Draper, I I didn't re realize you were going to be in this early. Yeah, Al, I'm always going to be in this early when the Heinz account gets this fucked up. I'm sorry. Um, I was in here earlier, and I, I saw that somebody has spilled coffee all over the Heinz account. Uh, it's not your job to worry about coffee spilling. It's your job to be a madman. <laughs> all right. Anatoly, okay. give us notes. Give us all notes. Right. So what you, adjust us. So what, what, yeah, what, what can we do better in that scene? Okay, first of all, you need to change your clothes. Okay. Right. He was talking to Dan. He was talking to Dan. Right. I think you'll find that I'm properly dressed for a madman scene. Okay, that's true. I can't, I mean, I'll... I'll... Okay. Well, 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 describe what you would have him wear. What, what, what should he be wearing right now? Uh, something like you wear right now. Something like I'm wearing, yes. Yeah. So should everybody, Anatoly. <laughs> Thank you. All right. I like this guy. He's a good director. Yeah. I, I, so far, he's a great wardrobe supervisor. I, <laughs> I think like if someone here like have a TV show, if he want to hire me, I don't know. I don't. I, I I I feel like I just got insulted, but I can't tell. I don't. Know. I, I didn't hear what you said. Say again. I think like maybe someone may hire me to make a TV show, like if he have one. <laughs> you you should it's, get a TV show. I think you. They should give Dan Harmon a TV show. Oh, sure, yeah, so okay. The audience should hire him to direct a TV show. Yeah, well, but now you have to give us direction and tell us how to do that scene better. It can't just be wardrobe. I think, uh, first of all, the scene uh, have, mm, must be uh, write, written, uh, really. It, 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 you need a script. Yeah. Yeah, a script, script is yeah. All right. You're a producer. Oh, that's, oh. Yeah. that's it. Okay, but, but, so better written. We'll right. do it again, but better written. Right. Yeah. He needs a better script, and the people need to be dressed better. This is confirming a lot of theories I've had about the profession of director. <laughs> I, I, I've had a sneaking suspicion that I know what goes on when I'm not around. 
Uh, but uh, do you want I mean, to try it again, better directed or be- better written rather? Better written? Yeah. Oh, okay, better written. Okay, okay. We'll, we'll do it again. <laughs> right. You're you're in a skinny uh, mod suit, and and, and, right. and the scene yeah, is better. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm impeccably <laughs> dressed. Okay. What was your name, Army Sharper? What? I'm Al Sharpton, and okay. you're you're Don Draper. Okay. But but I'm I'm a young intern. Okay. Yeah. You'd be better off saying winter, because a cold wind's going to blow up your asshole. <laughs> I got the Heinz account right here on the floor, but 57 reasons to fuck you in the ass. <laughs> then pour it over every fry, because it's 1968 and Vietnam, motherfucker! <laughs> Anatoly, everybody. Thank you, right, sir. You did it. Nice. Good director. Anatoly. You did good. That is good directing. Anatoly. You saw him here first. He's the new Spielberg. All right, let's get Spencer up here. Let's play some yeah. Spencer. Spencer! Get your satchel. Hello, Spencer Crittenden. How are you, sir? Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> hey. Any, any, any uh, new fun stories about being my assistant? Um, okay, so one of the writer's rooms uh, is like there's a long table in. There's a room for about like five or six seats on either side. And it's just full of clutter. And this one time, Dan was all like, Spencer, give me a five-hour energy. And I was like, I already have one. And I pulled one out of my auxiliary pocket because that's where I keep it. And uh, I was on the other side of this long table, and I slid it all the way down the table, and it got, like, right to him, and he caught it, and everyone was like, Yeah, there's not a lot. I mean, everything Spencer does, though, has that air of mystery to it. Yeah, it's really weird. <laughs> Spencer came in. I told him to go get me a sweatshirt out of my car. And then he came in at one point where... Because it's season five, so everyone's very quiet. A bunch of very smart, funny writers in there. But, like... And I don't think I'd have it any other way, I guess. Like, we hired a bunch of people who are, like, very enamored with community. We got a bunch of geniuses in there who are brilliant scripts, but... The upshot is it feels like teaching a Harvard Law class, like that writer's room. It's just like a bunch of young, smart, funny people just sitting there. They don't physically raise their hands before they speak, but none of them speak over each other. They don't, uh, isn't, there, isn't there one of the writers here tonight? Isn't it, uh, yeah. Is Alex yeah. here? Alex, so. Alex, are you here? You, will you come up here for a second? Yeah. This could be at his peril. We don't know. I mean, yeah, just grab a just grab a mic for a second. I just I heard you were here in the writers' room. Is Canon Films T-shirt? The what? Canon Films? Oh no, it's no, OCP. No, it's OCP. Oh shit. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So what's it what's it like uh, working for me? It's it's great. All right. <laughs> yeah. I mean. <laughs> But it's quiet in that room, right? 
Yeah, I, 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 you described it well. As, I mean, the genius part was nice. But it's, that a, was it's, nice that, it's that people aren't quiet because I'm a bad person, no, right? No, no, no. Well, I can speak only for myself. I mean, I think, you know, we're, we're all, all awkward people. Because I'm amazing. It's, it, it involves you, but not in a... It, it, more in the amazing way than in the... Like, like you're, you're going like, oh, God, Dan's talking, like, about what should happen in this episode. Why would we ever want to say anything else? Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I'm, I'm on one half of a bit that's going on right now, and I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I just get, I'm getting a little insecure. Like, I, I, I choose, I have blinders on. I go like, okay, well, I hired everybody, and they're all very quiet, so I'm going to make the conscious decision <laughs> that everybody's being really quiet because I'm amazing. But then there's a little voice in the back of my head that goes, you're embarrassing yourself. Well, I, I, I'm stuck in my own head, sort of the way you are in your head. So I know that if I say yes, then I'm going to feel like I'm kissing your ass because right. you're my boss. Right. Everyone, but, yeah, the other um, writers are the, listening and right. then they go, oh, the Alex rea- was on Harmon Town. Speaking for myself, I'm very excited about this job and I don't want to fuck it up. Right. So if, I, if I'm going to like speak up, I want to, uh, uh, I'm, I'm, I care how it lands. Right. Well, you're doing great, but let's just run Thanks, down the man. other writers. So, <laughs> what do you think? Ryan Ridley, like, <laughs> Ryan? <laughs> Clearly only got hired because he's a friend of mine. <laughs> Ryan took a lot of abuse the first week or so. <laughs> All right. No, okay. Uh, 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 thank you. I don't, I don't know yeah. what you could possibly do. Uh, yeah. uh, if there's anything you want to plug, uh, uh, Alex Rubin's uh, Rubin Town. Yeah. Community season five starting. Community uh, season five. See you at Comic Con. All right, Alex Rubens. See what I'm going through? Did you see his pants, his shorts? Those were awesome. I want those shorts. No, what I I like Alex. I think he's a great writer. He seems like a good guy. Of course he's a great writer. I read his script. What are you going through? Going through being in a room with 14 people whose scripts I've read, they're all great writers, and they're just like, I, I'm kind of going like, okay, so if Troy is allergic to cheese, then what if Abbott said this? And that's kind of like, very quiet. <laughs> yeah, I want to I wanna talk a lot, but that's not my job, obviously. But I feel like, Jesus Christ, these are silences that are... These are pregnant pauses. Like it's, it, it's not just me. No, it, noticing it, it. It, it gets awkward. Like I think one time I clocked in about three minutes of silence. One time. But 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 in your opinion, okay, as a twelve-year-old, however old you are, okay, you, it's not. Should I regress for this question? It's not. It's not. It's it's not because I'm untalented, right? It's because I'm super talented, right? I don't know what it lie is. Lie to me. Lie to me. It's because I intimidate everyone. We love you, Dan. It's because, you know, just... Your intellect is very tangible. You know? And they feel it. Spencer, uh, if I play the music, will you give us uh, your internal monologue during one of the community writing silences? (laughs) Nobody's talking. Still, nobody's talking. My mind reels with possibilities of things that could be said. Good ideas, bad ideas, they all bubble up, but uh, why isn't anybody fucking talking? (laughs) That's how you write a TV show. 
I think I think it's because they all have 200 IQs. I think they're all they're all Onion Harvard. The yeah, well, it's like he was saying. It's like you're all up in your head, and you're like, these guys are staring at me like I'm brilliant or an asshole. And there he's in his head, and he's like, man, this guy's looking at me like I'm either about to say something genius or a big asshole. And like all the other writing uh, writers are like, oh man, he just said something good. I look like an asshole. And that's probably what everyone's thinking about this whole time, just assholes. Yeah. That's true. But yeah. in the meantime, 13 episodes of the greatest television show in history, Hanging the Lurch. Yeah. They're just, hang, they're just hanging there. Tell them that. So the heroes, heroes are going to rise and fall. Like, well, this is the fucking, I'll do it myself. Punch a wall. Sure, be like, ah. I should, you think I should get hardcore? Two and a half minutes into one of these three-minute silences. <laughs> just, just go, go crazy. Just go, ah, what am I doing here? Exactly. But then they'll be like, what do you mean? What? <laughs> You hired me. And I'll be like, I'm sorry. Yeah. You should, and, you and should then, get Anatoly to come in and direct how to, uh, <laughs> how, how to run a writer's You guys room. should dress different. <laughs> That's what we're teaching Russia, by the way. And I, I'm, I'm not surprised they're getting that message. That's what, that's, it's empty stylistic masturbation. It's, it's like, come on. You like Breaking Bad, though, right, Anatoly? Well, they dress very well in that show. Uh, oh boy, whole planet's just gonna just collapse like a balloon. Culturally, we did it. America won. This is our punishment. We didn't. We never knew what we were doing. Only thing we ever did was go America. Is great, and then and now that's the culture. It's just like, duh, duh. <laughs> no, it's done. Those are the, the only good shows are about people shooting up and dying. Like we're we're celebrating our death. But your show doesn't really fit into that, does it? I mean, no, like, it I, doesn't, Jeff. You know, I, I mean, <laughs> I, I mean that sincerely. Thank like, you, Jeff. You're you're intentionally not playing ball with that paradigm. That's correct, and it's a lot of pressure, isn't it? It's a lot of pressure. Yeah. Right, Alex? Yes. Okay. All right, I, I'm, Dan, I'm going to play the Spencer music, but you're going to do Dungeon Master Voice when you're uh, helming the writer's room. <laughs> Last season wasn't very good. <laughs> but you found out you're not allowed to say that anymore. Seizing the power of the high road, you took it all the way to having permission to do whatever you want. But what will you do? Having had the right to do Muppets and animation removed from you creatively, you sought to <laughs> figure out how you could possibly deliver a quality show under a historically low budget. While an insidious, evil studio looms above you, hating everything you do, demanding that you pitch it to them, but not having a right to say no to anything. Meanwhile, in the bowels underneath you, 16-year-old girls wait patiently with their Tumblr blogs. You can either let them down, or let them down. In any case, your show will possibly air, if it ever does air, in the worst time slot, on the worst network, in the worst time for television, in television history. <laughs> Parks and Rec may be your lead-in. 
I tried to time it right. right. <laughs> All right, let's let's get Aaron out here and play some play some D and D. Aaron McGathy to the stage. Yeah. There she is. Oh. Yeah, you can't wait for the variety headlines, huh? <laughs> you love you love your famous boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> I do love my famous boyfriend. You love those Michael Osiello headlines. <laughs> I mean, full disclosure, I'm still I'm still a little drunk from that neighborhood uh, party. With the with the tumor lady? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was crazy. It was well. I mean, it certainly was not crazy, <laughs> but it was a party, and I drank a lot to get along with people. I want to hang out with her more. Like I find myself now. I think it's a thirty versus forty thing. I think in the ten years between thirty and forty, mortality becomes Breaking Bad. <laughs> like like I I just find myself like you're now waiting going, for it to come, and it's. it's I just like a finding so like you see somebody whose foot has been chopped off by a, a boat propeller and you're just like <laughs> like tell me more about that because you start like preparing yourself for uh, like whereas before that like, uh, the, like from 29 to 30 you're just like I don't want I don't want like like that's that's not good I don't want to go down that rabbit hole I just I, I think maybe it's because I'm 40 I'm just like hey you're you you almost died what, 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 what do you have a t-shirt <laughs> I, I, I don't want to argue with you but I think that's a human thing if, if that makes sense we were in two different conversations but I think that's interesting <laughs> yours, like, what was yours about? <laughs> <laughs> my conversation at the party was not as cool I was making jokes about drinking red wine and a woman asked me what I was doing and I told her very honestly like, I don't know, I paint and I drink and I do whatever and I'm worried about myself. And she's like, I'm a casting director and you've auditioned for me. And I was like, cool, 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 cool. <laughs> great, great. You never know what's great. gonna happen on the patio next to Dan Harmon's house. <laughs> uh, but it was a great party. It was the most fun I've ever had. What did you drink? What did I drink? Yeah. Um, something from Paseo Robles. Paso Robles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a grape. It was something made from grapes, and it was red. Vodka. Wine. Wine. Mm-hmm. It was wine. I poured it in a glass that looked... I mean, the, the top was wide, and then it went down to a thing. Wine glass. Mm, thank you. Wine glass. Yeah. And I had several of those. <clears throat> Are you Okay. Uh, no, I don't. I don't think so. Are you, are, are you, are you gonna puke? No, I don't think I'm going to puke. Let's play D and D. All right. <laughs> Rhetoric Coffee is a subscription service delivering the best coffee you've ever tasted. That's not hyperbole. Rhetoric Coffee commissions original art directly from comic book artists and then hand screen prints them on each bag. Each one you receive as a special life and is a unique organic work of art. Feel good about drinking ethical coffee for once in your life, you horrible monster. Rhetoric goes above and beyond fair trade, not just for their coffee, but in how they pay the artists. The relationship with their artists allows the artists to continue making prints of their original work while allowing them full use for Rhetoric's projects. Everybody wins. Except Afghanistan. Each roast is completely unique. You won't taste these complex flavors anywhere else. Their commitment to quality is top-notch. They are drinking what they are selling. Now, people at Reddick will tell you that their coffee is not conflict coffee. I'm not totally certain, but they, they, they keep protesting that it's not, which makes me wonder whether or not all of their coffee is conflict 
Go to rhetoriccoffee.com, sign up and use the promo code FERAL for 30% off your first roast. F-E-R-A-L is how Feral is spelled. Just volunteered that for you. Spencer, did you know that all of me undies are made out of rhetoric coffee? Yeah. That, that's, why, that's how they get their underwear so soft? That's how they get that distinctive crunch. Whoa. This is synergy. That's rhetoric, R-H-E-T-O-R-I-C, you post-Trump millennial illiterate. Um, rhetoric is spelled with an H, like rhesus monkey. Oh, yeah, that clarified it for you because you're so fucking smart, dipshit. That's rhetoric, R-H-E-T-O-R-I-C, coffee.com. Sign up and use the promo code FERAL for 30% off your first roast. Only available on the dark web. <laughs> Next to a picture of of Adam Baldwin's balls. Last town on Harmon Town. <laughs> Our heroes had just felled a bearded demon. During the fight, Mulrain slew Slab Squat Thrust. This threw the group into a tense moral dilemma regarding the value of life. Not really. <laughs> Sharpie didn't really care, so the gang moved past it. After hacking a group of entangled lemures to death, they discovered Sharpie's father, Mango Buttsalot, buried up to his neck at the bottom of a large pit. Mango Buttsalot told the heroes of Darkstar's assault on the world, how he destroyed mountains and pillaged cities, and was enslaving people to power strange eldritch engines of doom. Mango asked Sharpie to head towards Darkstar's Black Keep, far to the north, to put a stop to his evil plans. To aid the party, Mango also set Yurch, a dubious move that seemed like somewhat of a half-hearted gesture given the circumstances. And with some last-minute advice, Mango sent the adventurers off to the north. Yurch suggested that the party stop in either Thornvale or Fornheim, the frozen city, in order to seek aid from their military as the fortress was known for its outstanding defensive and offensive capabilities. So onward, they marched to Fornheim, and then to the Black Heap to stop Darkstar's reign. Spencer. All right, so we're on our way to Thornfield. Thornheim. Thornheim? Fornheim. I knew it was a Jewish name. Uh, all right, and we're uh, we're 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 gonna encounter random encounters on the way. Not that I'm meta gaming. <laughs> As the days and miles pass, the vegetation grows sparse, the sky colder and darker. Rolling hills tr- turn into high mountains, and winding passes uh, wend through treacherous trails. As you trudge up the mountains, you round a bend and catch sight of it. A dazzling crystalline fortress of blue and white, sparkling in the cold winter sun. Bornhein, the frozen city. But lying between you and the city gate is a massive white bridge, entirely composed of ice. The slick white ice bridge looks treacherous, glistening and shimmering, stretching across a great white void of howling, screaming wind. Quirk. Yes? I can't remember why we came here. (laughs) Because uh, Mango told us to go to the Black Heap, and this is the way to get there, I think. And also... uh, that's all I remember. But I have the, uh, the armlet of winter, and we're going to cross an ice bridge. Maybe I can reinforce this by calling forth my power of, of winter to reinforce this rickety city bridge. No, you'll bridge. be popular here for a change. That'll be great. But, whoa, whoa, I'm whoa. Sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. What the fuck? I'm sorry. 
No, that's weird. Because uh, well. I was just, we, we were, everything was cool until just now. <laughs> I just, sometimes it's... Are you saying I'm not popular wherever we go? No, I'm saying you are. I'm saying well, you said, it, little... you said it pretty sarcastically. Well, I... Sarcasm. Or you're very popular. Thank you, Mulrain. What the fuck is up with this dick? <laughs> Everywhere we go, every, you, 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 get, you get the right armulet for something. I get it. It's called armlet, first of all. You, get, you call it armulet like you're like a, like a dum-dum. Can we not fight and can we have a password? I was we... totally cool and I was going to reinforce the ice bridge and we could all go in there like friends, but you were being a, like a weirdo. Was the was ice bridge broken? No, it, he said it was rickety. I mean, I, I, I can see non-metagamically <laughs> looking ahead of me that this, this ice bridge looks like it could use some reinforcing. Spencer, do I have power of make the other people in my party kiss so we can let go of some tension? <laughs> There's diplomacy. They, they did? Yeah, they fucked in a tree. They fucked in a tree? I think so, yeah. <laughs> it depends on your definition. It doesn't... Wait. Uh, wait, what? You guys fucked in a so tree? Look, if you're not going to show up for every episode... <laughs> then... On purpose? You don't, this... fuck, you don't fuck accidentally up a tree. Fine, fine. If you're fucking in a tree, you... Well, you, yeah. well, knowing that, maybe you guys should just fuck now and we can move on. Metagaming. That's not metagaming. That's not metagaming. Uh, Maureen I, is pro-fucking. I, 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 I walk up to the edge of the bridge and, uh, and with, with, like, stick out one toe to test its uh, stability. This bridge is rather thick. Uh, it's maybe... Uh, Five or six feet thick, and it extends quite a ways. I saunter past his checking. Three hundred like, feet. It seems sturdy as he saunters out. I'm just walking. Uh, see you at the other side, my 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 good ex friend. Um, I spit on my stomach and I slide across. Oh no no wait! I dry my stomach. Yeah, that would make. That- <laughs> Wait, halfway through sliding, you dry your stomach? I'm realizing if I spit on my stomach, I'll be at the front of the thing. Yeah, it'll make you stick. My spit will. Um, I, I, make sure I blow my stomach, and then I slide across. Oh, okay. You get like five, seven feet. How, how far across is the bridge? It's like 300 feet. <laughs> I giggle like I was doing a joke, and I stand up. I, I stay at my edge of the bridge, and I yell out to Sharpie. I say, hey, look, man, I don't know what that was about back there, but look, uh, the, the, this bridge might not hold us all. Get to the other side, and then I'll come after you. All right. I'm sorry, too, about what happened. Yeah, I, I was out of the fucking left field, dude. I've been drinking. Really? Yeah. What have you been drinking? Vodka. Oh, in the, in the game? <laughs> What game are you talking about, Spencer? Experience points. <laughs> That's not fair. He's not allowed to do that. I, well, I, I'm allowed to stay in the game and immerse you myself in my... You guys actually tr- fucking a tree, right? Like in real life. I, I scan the horizon for trees. Are there trees? There's no ca- trees. There's no trees? It was kind of like my, my own private Idaho. There was just like, no trees. like still shots of us doing different stuff. With, with, my, with my armlet of winter, I called down a sleet and rain and, and, and it's snowstorm to fashion an ice tree. Okay. Um, 
like I just go like walking like like crazy like like high stepping like yeah. stomping with every foot. No, that's definitely happen um, happening. Also, the sleet. Uh, yeah, so it's already kind of snowy, but you're you're whipping it up into a frenzy, and it's it's getting quite strong and treacherous, as if like maybe strong winds might blow you off a slippery bridge. Okay, I stopped doing that. Okay, <laughs> said winds. I was just down. testing out my ability to yeah. fashion ice trees. That that didn't go so. Well. Okay, good. I would go. It didn't even look. Happen. Look, forewarned is forearmed. <laughs> yeah. Um. Meanwhile. It is what it is. You're you're stepping onto this bridge. Knowing is half the battle. <laughs> the bottom line at the end of the day. Stop, stop, drop, and roll. You 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 hear you hear the sound of crunching ice and snow and uh, coming out of the the edges of this this bridge are these large black poles. They're kind of extending from the ground up into the air and they start buzzing in a strange weird sound and you see kind of lines and runes glow light up on their surface makes a buzzing sound it's kind of Al- weird along the sides of the bridge yeah so it's as if like maybe railing popped up but not the railing just the posts gotcha but they're they're big and they're about 10 feet tall and black and they're buzzing and they're ominous i don't like it you don't so i'm i'm still not on the bridge Mulrain's not on the bridge sharpie's out there on the bridge okay. you're right at the beginning of it you're about halfway in. and you're yeah you're 7 sharpie feet st- has her navel stuck to the bridge 7 feet across Mulrain. i mean Mulrain does right I mean, you're not stuck. You're just prone. I'm just, I'm just an asshole. <laughs> I'm just lying there. I look, I look. These, this, these are posts. These are like uh, po- po- posts that are like buzzing and. Yeah, they're like buzzing posts. <laughs> I, 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 I keep moving forward trepidatiously. All right, that hesitantly, happens. reticently. You don't feel impeded. Then I, I start bounding, <laughs> like a, like a juvenile puppy. All right. You, can, uh, I, can I throw a rope around Sharpie and kind of <laughs> use him like a, like a sled dog? While lying down? Sorry? While lying down? Well, maybe I get up a little bit and then okay. I throw Okay, just it. enough to, you know. Oh, yeah. Maureen, if you lie down, I'll get on you like a surfboard. <laughs> oh, yay. Uh, yeah, get on me like a surfboard. <laughs> I have a cold. Uh, yeah, yeah. get on me like a surfboard. Just, what do you mean, get on me like a surfboard? You, you just tied your rope to him while you're laying on your stomach and you wanted to why slide not, across. Why not get on me like a sled? Well, <laughs> say, say, I, I'll, I'll stand facing forward as opposed to side, like sideways like a surfboard. I, it's, 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 I, I thought I'd, you know, just, you know. Get on me any way you'd like. I thought we had a pact where we were going to play together. No, we do. I'm, I'm dealing with you guys fucking in a tree. Are you guys together? That, that, was, like, that was like back in the shadow plane. I don't, I don't even remember that. That was like, no, shadow, it's fine. It was like it's shadows fine. of us it's fucking. Fine. That was pre-shadow plane. That was like last week. In last this party, week. we all fuck whatever we want. It happened last week. It's totally fine. It was still like shadows of. All right, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's all cool. (laughs) This is a party. Yeah, the rope it doesn't go as far as you'd hope, and it doesn't it doesn't land around his shoulders or reach him. (laughs) Okay. Because I keep I'm bounding like I don't know if you've never seen Footloose, right? Like the side shot of Kevin Bacon, like the dolly shot where he's just bounding like through the steel mill like yeah, I'm, it's I'm, like it's like a I'm bob fossey skip he's oh. doing. like I, yeah. I, I, every step is like another move I'm just bounding 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 you slip and fall <laughs> did you do a skip check 
I did. <laughs> okay. He failed it. All right. Well, I get up and I continue doing it, it though. Cause yeah. Because I'm. You, your like, spirits can't be. All right. Well, I, I using my fast my fast uh, barbarian movement. I just run out and try to get as much ground across the bridge as possible. All right. I try to grab his ankle like a like a surfboard. All right. You <laughs> you grab his ankle, and are slid it onto the bridge. Um, being grabbed by your ankle, you find it a bit hard to move. Yeah, uh, no shit. Yeah. <laughs> Even so, you make your way onto the bridge in the <laughs> this, midst of this these This episode is just called pillars. Crossing a Bridge. <laughs> wrong. Crossing a Bridge, wrong. You hear, you hear a, a far-off clang sound, and then you hear the sound of distant cannon fodder. I mean, fire, not fodder. fodder. That doesn't Cannons sound like anything. It just sounds like people that are going to die. How far across the bridge are we? Uh, you're about halfway. Okay, I, I keep running. Yeah, you do. I keep surfing. All right. What do you keep doing? I'm just, I'm like, like, I actually do like one roll. Like, <laughs> like a combat like, roll. No, like a leap and a roll. I'm just, I, I just call keep, that a combat roll. I just keep bounding. Oh. You, yeah, okay. Okay. As I'm traversing the bridge, I'm just saying, like, like my locomotion is, is fueled by a juvenile angst. Like, I'm, like I'm mad at my dad. I'm mad at, I'm, mad at, I'm mad at having to read Catcher in the Rye. Like, I, like, I don't know why I have to do anything except smoke and drink. I'm just going, and I'm just bounding. That comes off in your bounds. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, you see three large dark shapes hit the ground right in front of you. You're the farthest forward, so you're the closest. They're about ten feet off. Who is me? Uh, no, Sharpie. He, he's oh, he's bounding. Long. He's bounding. Yeah, he's bounding. <laughs> the, 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 the smoking I'm and drinking. You back. <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah but uh, those things—they hit the ground, and you hear cracks in the ice uh, as as ice cracks start happening like that. Yeah. And uh, rising up out of the three craters, you see three dark cloaked figures. I'm the closest to them, right? You're the closest to them. I hold my hands up and say, All hail, dark cloak figures! I am an emissary of peace from uh, Myselfia. Said figures are dark, ogre sized skeletons. They wear heavy black fur cloaks and charcoal-colored plate armor. Their eyes blaze with a cold blue fire. Right, don't you judge. can hear the grinding sound of metal gears turning. The grinding becomes a clattering and then a silence. The skeletons drop into combat poses as large frozen swords materialize in their hands, melding together from ice and snow. Gentlemen, please. No need for that. <laughs> Can we get over there somehow? Uh, Maybe we do the same uh, sharpie lunge. And I go, I go, I go, gentlemen, please. And then I wreath my arms in shocking grasp electricity. And Wait. I go, no need for that. <laughs> All right, that happens. Um, <laughs> as you're speaking, two of them surround you. Um, they're on either side of you, and the third. Um, opens its mouth, and from within you can hear kind of a tinny voice from deep inside go, Fornheim is the stronghold of the strong! And then the two guys flanking you lunge. What? (laughs) They strike you quicker than lightning with their icy blades. 
gay. <laughs> and, b- and by that I mean equal. Dealing 15 damage. <laughs> gay. Meaning empowered. <laughs> yeah, like fucking, like who's gonna contain these people? I run up, I, I run up behind uh, the, the recently wounded Sharpie, and I shoot, uh, and I take out my armlet of winter and do a sleet and snow attack at them to try to blow them off the bridge. Yeah, okay. So, hold, uh, activating your armlet, you whip up the winds and sleet in a frenzy. Armlet, it's armlet. Oh, sorry. I think armlet's clever. It's cool. You're welcome. That's like a that's like a bracelet. On your arm. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, that's what an armlet is, right? Well, it's an amulet for your arm? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you wrote armlet on here. I'm just going... I know. It is definitely an armlet. You guys should do a podcast called Jewelry Talk. It says armlet. A-R-M-L-E-T. And with wintry powers wreathing your body and, and surrounding you, you charge headlong into one of the skeleton dudes. <laughs> You miss, but your momentum carries you skidding on the ice, and you tackle and clumsily, you know, knock into him, and the two of you are kind of sprawled out on the floor in a heap. Cute. Yeah. Can I attack again, or am I now open to an attack? It's now Mulrain's turn. All right, I run up, and I... Where everyone is standing now is not on the bridge, right? It's on the other side. Um, They're they're like three-quarters of the way down the bridge. Right now, you're about a midway down it. So you're standing off a bit. Okay. Um, well, I I run up to where everyone is. Okay. I create f- flaming armor for a second. Yeah. I mean, how powerful is this flaming armor? Um, it, it wreaths you with flames that don't feel hot to you. But do I'm they just, feel hot to an ice bridge that we're all standing destroy on? Destroy the bridge. Yeah. Let's. I mean, you don't know that. You just know they don't. They're not hot to you. Maybe fire on an ice bridge. <laughs> well, I mean, you you Is know that you can like deactivate to... it if it starts causing problems. Okay, I'll I'll, I'll take your word for it. Um, All right. <laughs> I mean, can I slide past them? Um, like like risky business. <laughs> can I risky biz slide past? <laughs> May, yeah, That's may, what Chop Cruz did in that movie. He slid past enemies. Uh, <laughs> called a fireplace. <laughs> he just slid. <laughs> he slid past his parents' rules. Um, okay, well... Yeah, that happens. You slide past. Oh, I slide past? Okay. Yeah, on Well, fire. If, I'm, if I've slid past, I create flaming armor uh-huh. um, that's on fire... <laughs> Sorry. On a, um, on, a, on, a, on a bridge made of ice. <laughs> no, no, I slipped past. I slipped past. Um, and oh, then you're still on. You're the still bridge. on the bridge. All right. Okay. Well, I, I I give I give them both eye contact. This like look like if it starts to go bad. <laughs> I, I, I got no problem. I mean, it's a bridge made of ice. It's not like, you know. Like I mean, what's below the bridge? Probably heaven, right? <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot a of great ice white infrastructure. Void. Okay. Um, the melting point of ice. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody asks, what's the melting point of ice? <laughs> <laughs> this pancake theory. Of... Okay, okay, this is what I do. I put on the flaming armor, but I, I hop. Okay. 
I'm hopping. I'm constantly hopping. Wait. So the fire's not really making contact with the ice bridge too okay. frequently. So I'm just okay. hopping along okay. and hopping and hopping. So it's really just, there's just a slickness. So it makes the bridge better. So yeah. You're, 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 so you're on fire and hopping. I'm on fire and hopping. And what else? And I fire, I fire a flaming arrow. Okay. At uh, <laughs> at um, the 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 one in the front. The one in the front. <laughs> Loosing your flaming harrow, it hits critically. So. <laughs> Dealing. I can't do math. Sixteen damage. Your hopping seems to be working. (laughs) Putting it at Sharpie's turn. Oh. Uh, Sharpie's in the ice buckets. Sorry. Well, I've been thinking about this for a while, and... uh, (laughs) I think a a guy died in the audience. Um, okay, I'm, I'm up close to all these guys, right? Yeah. I'm in their grill, as yeah. the urbans say. <laughs> yeah. All right. Shocking grass, because I've just had a lot of success with that, and I just... I've just had it up to here. <laughs> Having it up to here, you lose a shocking grasp. You shall let me pass! Something like that. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Dealing 13 damage. Nice. Yeah. It's a less than shocking grasp. I, uh, I, am I still tangled up with the guy that I was, uh, I was close to? Uh, yeah, you're in a heap. Uh, can I just, how, how high is the railing on this, uh, on this bridge? There's no railing. So it's just, just a flat bridge? Yeah. You'll I, I just use my brute strength and try to just grapple him and throw him off the side. All right, you grapple him and you have him firmly, but you can't you can't throw him off. Right now, you're just kind of wrestling with him. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I I I I kiss him just to make it creepy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like 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 right like, like the, on the base of the ear, like the neck. Like, it's it's he's it's like whoa creepy. whoa what the fuck? <laughs> 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 it, yeah, it's creepy. All right. All right, he 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 is creeped out. <laughs> no, Skeld, they're not affected by that. But uh, he, oh. he he neither does he manage to wrestle you off of a bridge. So you guys are just kind of locked in a standstill. Fair enough. At the same time, two of those skeleton dudes that aren't being wrestled attack. One lunges towards Sharpie, having been shocked by Sharpie. Yeah. The other well, lunges at Mulrain. I point out as he's attacking me. That he has no muscle tissue. <laughs> that he's he's made out of pure bone. No muscle, no muscle tissue. He's animated bone, which is lame. He might as well be rock. Okay. Or a rainstorm. Like it's not. I I I I want him to know that I'm not concerned. He strikes you, dealing. 12 damage. <laughs> Are you concerned now? 
Well, what? Okay, what did I? You, you're keeping track of my hit points, right? Yeah. Am I dead? <laughs> you have eight left. Oh shit. Yeah. So I'm like, is that all you got? That kind of thing. Uh, the other one swings at Mulrain, but she nimbly dodges. <laughs> now it's Mulrain's turn. Okay. Um, I'm gonna do. Okay, I. I put my hand near the face of the monster. <laughs> not, not on his face because I don't want to hurt him. I put my, my hand near the face of the monster and I, and I make eye contact with his blue eyes and I say, <laughs> I'm you. <laughs> I have... I've similarly met adversaries who I didn't understand, and I want to say that I, that I understand you, and you can destroy me if you'd like, but I just, I just want to understand and love you, and my friends are good, and we won't hurt you. Please let us across your bridge. Also, my friend Quirk will blow you. <laughs> and he will blow you. But I'm all teeth. But meanwhile, but, like, you're in this hug standstill with yeah, one of his yeah. friends. While that's happening, I, I'm still kissing a skeleton. We, 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 we both lock eyes, and we, we, I, I, I'm waiting to hear, like, to see what the response is. I almost want to take it back, because I... Well, can I take that back, because I, I, don't, I, don't I... I don't want it to be sexual. I just want it to be human. I don't say he can blow you, but I do do my eyes, and I go, mm. <laughs> You, no, I don't do that. I just oh. look at him. So wait, what do you do then? Well, I you can I, also I attack my, these fucking things that are getting us. I use I use my diplomacy, uh-huh. and I, I I appeal to their um, their humanity, their humanoid their skeletality. They have skeletons, right, guys? Yeah. Right. No, we're all we're bones, all skeletons when the flesh goes away. <laughs> Yeah. He strikes you with his frozen sword, <laughs> dealing eight damage. All right. You know what? And I look at him and I say, I get it. That's fine. So maybe next time around he'll... Yeah. Turn the other cheek, right? Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I think that these creatures are you. <laughs> you are? I know I know they're probably not, but sometimes I think that you're thinking, ah, fuck you, Aaron. No, 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 no. They That's like, why they're all skinny. <laughs> Wait, you want me to blow Spencer? <laughs> Spen- Spencer. Uh, I'm I'm all teeth. <laughs> Fun question. Sharpie, get in the fight. <laughs> yeah, Sharpie's turn. No, no. Kick it in the balls. Not scorching ray, no. Ray of Frost is a level zero spell that does one to three damage that I, I was... I like this it's turned into The Price is Right. <laughs> 49 cents! Right, it's 3.49! The, the kitty litter! The kitty litter! 
I don't mind it. I, I do appreciate the input, but I do think I have had the best luck with. And, and Dan, uh, we are very close to uh, to the end of the show. So uh, whatever you do, put a flourish on it. <laughs> zooms into my eye and then you, th- you see my dad hitting me with a belt again <laughs> and then it comes back out and you just see and this is my gimmick it's just shocking grasp and I grab one of the skeletons it's not I'm not reinventing the wheel <laughs> yeah yeah you do grab the skeletons dealing 16 damage. You hear a sizzling sound from deep within it, and then it catches fire and falls to the ground. Yeah. Yeah. Damn! I say, uh, fuck it, God, I can't riff one. Um, Looks like you're... Have Anatoly help you. Anatoly, direct the last line of this episode. Like, if you have, do you have, like what, would, what would he say right now? What would you, what would you say if you're killing a, killing a skeleton? <laughs> That's made advice. You can use ice puns, too. Uh, well, fuck. I have one. <laughs> Thank you for coming to Harmontown once again. We love you all. One more time for Aaron McCarthy and Spencer Crittenden. And how about James Urbaniak and Gibran Anatoly. Thank you so much, sir, and good luck with your studies. And Alex Rubin is the writer from, uh, from Community. I'm Jeff Davis, your comptroller. Dan Harmon, your mayor, everybody. We won't be here for... I'll see you at Comic-Con, but we were not going to do a show on Sunday, so see you the Sunday after next, but I'll see you in San Diego, I assume, right? Yeah. Uh, and, right. Th- and thank you, Feral Audio, and all of your brilliant content. Yes, yes, thank you, Feral Audio, and all your brilliant content. Good night. If I could have your attention, please. For everyone's safety, we are now entering full lockdown mode. You should at this point be gathered in the dining hall. That is our main assembly point and safe room. If any of you are still in the quadrangle or any of the offices or labs, please find alternate containment. Lock yourself in somewhere if you can and await further assistance. To those of you already assembled in the dining hall, I need you all to be sitting on the floor below window level. Remain low and quiet. All the doors and windows should be automatically sealed at this point. An enforcement team is on their way to contain the threat. At this time, the best thing you can do is remain calm. Do not react vocally if you hear shots fired. Do not attempt to move the wounded. If you find yourself in possession of a weapon, discard it immediately. You do not want to cause any confusion for the enforcement team when they arrive. Remember the acronym ELBOW. Evacuate, lockdown, blockade, obey, and wait.
As always, there is no smoking in the dining hall. Shit. I forgot to mention the closure of the concourse tube. I know I forgot something. I can't go back on bike now. I look like I don't know what I'm doing. We can't afford to compromise any confidence people have in me at this point. Most people don't even know who the fuck I am. Kid had to take out a fucking reconnaissance pod full of officers. Officers shouldn't be allowed to all ride in the same pod at once. I've always said that. But that mostly worked, right, Karen? I hit all the technical stuff. When the Kronos was remodeled two cycles ago, the term quadrangle was replaced with access square. Okay, well, no one cares about that. I got everything else correct? All relevant aspects of the ship's lockdown procedure were communicated. Should I have made an emotional appeal? Uh, we'll fight them on the beaches kind of thing? I mean, I'm supposed to be a leader here. In situations such as this, a tone of technical clarity is usually best. Well, you would say that. You're a computer. I was upgraded with an empathy chip as per the... I know, I know, your empathy chip. Can you try to get hold of enforcement sector again? The frequency is still blocked. <sighs> okay, fuck it. This is... Captain James Urbaniak again? I just want to say that I have total confidence that the situation will soon be eradicated. This ship survived the Malton 3 contamination. When a meteoroid punched a hole through our main thruster, we all pitched in. And last cycle, when the Azaleans seized Sector 9, the members of the Kronos were among those thanked by the OSR Alliance in their victory statement. We have been through this before, and we'll get through it again. That's what we do. Oh, and by the way, the concourse tube has been closed. I will provide you with further updates as I receive them. Most people who do this kind of attack, they usually kill themselves at some point, right? Can you get a location off his internal transponder? Internal transponder 742 has been disabled. Of course it has. It's always the tech guys who go nuts, isn't it? Christ. Karen, how many people are in the dining hall? 731. Okay. Well, there's nothing else I can do, right? We'll just sit tight. Like I said. Can you double-check the seal on the door? The dining hall door is sealed. No, no. My door. Main cabin. The main cabin door is sealed. Thank you, Karen. James. Yes, Karen. I would advise against listening to music at this time. Thank you for your opinion. It helps me concentrate. Any word from enforcement? The frequency is still blocked. Of course it is. Well, be careful what you wish for. Not that I ever wished to be a captain. Do you know how many people had to die for me to get to this position? Six. 
Six people. This was never meant to happen. Some are born great, some achieve greatness, and some have greatness thrust upon them. That's Shakespeare, Karen. I know, James. Of course you know. Can you appreciate it? Can you appreciate this music, Karen? Schubert, Sonata Number 20, D959 in A major, Movement 2, Andantino. I can recognize its calming effects. Have we reached a singularity, Karen? I wanted to be a musician. Karen, calculate the shortest route from main cabin to emergency escape pod one. Calculating. Exit main cabin. Turn left down corridor A. Proceed 6.2 meters. Lower into officer's hatch located on floor. Enter emergency pod bay. Okay, great. Thank you. Are you planning on leaving, James? What? No, no, I just wanted to know. In case we had to evacuate people. There are ten emergency escape pods. Each pod has a ten-passenger capacity limit. There are currently 730 persons in the dining hall. Awesome. What time does the southbound to Long Branch leave Penn Station? Insufficient data does not compute. Very funny. My vital scan has returned an increase in your pulse rate, James. Wait, 730 persons? I thought before you said 731. There are currently 730 persons in the dining hall. And no one can get out or in, right? That's correct. Holy shit. This is not good, Karen. Not good. Have we heard from enforcement? Still blocked. Karen, do you remember Klavdia? Klavdia Rabinovich, Expeditions Unit, Biosciences Sector, age 38. Yes. I met her on the observation deck at the Inorganic Morphons Conference last cycle. We were both ducking out. I was supposed to give a talk that night, and I ended up, well, not giving a talk. We found an unoccupied conference room and kept the lights off. No one found us. A week and a half later, a week and a half, the Azalean conflict breaks out, and the next thing I hear, she's up in a medic unit on Sector 9. Extensive injuries. She's lost a foot. Got an infection. And she images me to come see her. And I come see her. I go up there. I bring her real cherry blossoms from the farm deck. I mean, they fall apart in a second in that atmosphere, but it's the thought. I walk into her room. She's in pretty bad shape. But she gives me a big smile. And she has friends there, family. Her mom is there. We've met less than two weeks ago, and 
I'm meeting her mom. I'm being introduced to everybody. Everything was suddenly really accelerated. And after that, I didn't come back anymore. I made excuses. Then I stopped returning her images. I called the medic center anonymously a couple times to check her status. Eventually, they told me she got discharged. And that was that. I got scared, Karen. I couldn't commit. If you are implying that you are incapable of taking charge of this command post, I was built by Halstead Corporation under specification of the Artificial Intelligence Designation Ordinance and am programmed to take over any and all responsibilities of said post as defined by the Revised Charter of the Council of 2063. In other words, in the event of the person in command being incapacitated, I am able and authorized to take over this ship. You have been placed in command through a council of your peers. Your vital scans are normal. Your brain scans are normal. You have sustained no injuries. Is this information correct? Yes, it is. You are not incapacitated. Are you, James? No, I'm not. Thank you, Karen. No problem. Internal transponder 742 is back online. Jesus Christ, where is he? At the intersection of corridor B and dining hall. He appears to be stationary. His vitals are normal. Okay. Okay, okay. Okay. How do you want to proceed? Evacuate, lock down, blockade, obey, and wait. Those are civilian commands, Captain. Right. I know that. There is a level 100 incapacitator located in the top right console of the cabin desk. I know that. I fucking know that. Please calculate the shortest route from main cabin to the intersection of corridor B and dining hall. Calculating. And Karen? Yes. Beethoven, Symphony 7, Movement 2, Allegretto. Accessing. Exit main cabin. Turn right down corridor A. Proceed 20 meters. Enter service module. Proceed to corridor B. Proceed 15 meters to dining hall. I need a temporary override on the electronic reference device. Access to the tactical airlock. An open line to orbit com. Okay. Karen, please unseal main cabin door. <laughs> Getting On with James Urbaniak, Episode 11, Lockdown, was written by Bree Williams and James Urbaniak, and produced and performed by James Urbaniak. The voice of Karen was Bree Williams. This program is part of the Feral Audio Network. Visit feralaudio.com for prior episodes and other podcasts.
experience of the United States government, it is the mission of the National Security Agency to assess and flag citizens of the country who may present a threat to its security. The NSA has clearance to wiretap by any means necessary. Tapped. Incidental recordings of private conversations from the files of the NSA. Now on feralaudio.com. Hello, beautiful. I'm Amy Errett, founder of Madison Reed, a hair color company I named after my daughter. One of the things I value most in life is time. Time to spend with my daughter, time to spend with family, and the time I put into my company that's reinventing the way women color their hair. The busiest, most successful women I know use Madison Reed, the amazing hair color hack. In under an hour and for less than $25, Madison Reed delivers gorgeous, shiny, multi-dimensional, healthy-looking hair with an ammonia-free formula. You'll look like you just came from a salon, but the reality is you have more me time to do what you love. Things get busy. Let us take care of you and your hair. Find your perfect shade at madison-reed.com and get 10% off plus free shipping on your first color kit. Use code NEW. That's code NEW. Try it. Love it. That's the beauty of Madison Reed. 